Down by two, 198, inbound to Love on the left side with one dribble, goes up for the shot, it's blocked by Marion. The ball comes into the arms of Dalibear. The horn sounds and the ball game is over. The Timberwolves are screaming for a foul. There was none called. Rubio off to Love. Oh, that's a foul! That is unbelievable. The referees are booed as they go off the floor. Brutal! David Guthrie is right there. He didn't have the guts to call it. Also, go oh, Ed Malloy! Hey everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is February 17th, 2021. That, of course, is our good friend Alan Horton. One of the greatest calls of all time. Dave, I can't get enough of it. If it was the voice of the Spurs or the Raptors, it would make me laugh every time. But considering it's that idiot, <laughs> it makes it so great. And and we'll obviously get to the news of the day in a second. But if you know Al, who's the most mellow dude in the world, he's so livid. Yes. And people play that clip all the time. It's and they everywhere. Absolute, Dan Levitard used to play it all the time and absolutely loved it. And you and I both talked to him about it. I mean, it's not really, the guy's a hell of a play-by-play guy. That is just the funniest call. I can't, we should start that every night. Oh, my God. So Horton told me the other day, I asked him about this, and he goes, somebody stopped Ed Malloy and asked him had he heard the call. Okay. And Ed Malloy goes, I didn't sleep for days over that call. Oh, please. That's what Alan was like, fuck off, Ed. Fuck off, Ed. No time for it. It was so funny. But it is, it's such a great call. But Alan's like, I can't believe this is what I'm known for. Like, this well, is hey, me great. losing my shit. It is so great. It's all over YouTube because whenever yeah. you look at worst worst plays of all time, Horton always shows up in the top ten. Uh, what a night. What a night. What a night in San Diego. Kind of weird how our schedule worked out. I guess we would have been here anyways because yeah. it's a Wednesday night. But, Dave, I, I wonder how you got the news. I was at work, uh, incredibly busy as it's been for months for us, and uh, all of a sudden my phone buzzed at about 5.30, and my buddies Jimmy and Connor from my team had gone home, and they sent a note. Going, oh my God, they got it done, and oh, everybody freaking out, and and you immediately scramble to Twitter to see what the deal is, what the money is, yeah. and I mean, there there's just so many layers to this thing. But the the thing I talked to Steve Woods about tonight is one of many things. Is remember going into the off season when we were told by A.J. Casavell and, and Dennis Lynn and Kevin A.C., Jeff Sanders, everybody, that the Padres were going to be concerned about their budget and they were going to go into the offseason with $25 million to spend. Because Ron made a point to say we lost $100 million last year. Well, Right. But now Ron has stepped aside. Yep. Pete Seidler is all in. Ted Leitner's aside. Well, and I think, Dave, that's where the money came from. If you do numbers – and look at what Ted made over the last 14 years versus what Tatis is. It's very, very similar. It's a wash. It's a wash. We weren't supposed to say it, but the statute of limitations has expired. <laughs> Ted was making about $34 million a year. 
<laughs> but I, Dave, I, I just got to say this. I, yeah. I was talking to uh, a close friend of mine, uh, my buddy Scott King. Yeah. And he is the guy that when I was in high school, he and I went down to Qualcomm all the time. And he and I were talking about the the transformation of this team. Yeah. From being kids and going out watching Juan Benilla, leaving San Diego State. I told Steve Woods that story tonight when they traded Kevin Mitchell for that asshole Mark Grant. And uh, and just everything else that has happened with that team where you just you got laughed at. You got beat down. And you stayed with it. And right as I was talking to Scott on my way down here, I happened to be on the 15 South. And it's so incredibly eerie if you drive by Qualcomm Stadium at night because the construction crews continue to work and there's a couple of floodlights that are shooting up on those final, whatever it is, 15 sections behind home plate. I've never been to the Coliseum, but I have to imagine it looks very similar to what we see when you drive by that stadium. And for me as a kid who didn't grow up a Charger fan but grew up a Padre fan, Man, it just feels like, Dave, you go, that's old school Padres being torn down, getting cleared out. And what Preller is doing and what Pete Seidler is signing off on is absolutely mind-numbing for any of us that love that team. What an incredible night. What an incredible, exciting night for the Padre fan base. And man, oh man, did we get lucky when when Pete Seidler and Preller came to town. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. And and this is what I was saying on Twitter when the news broke and people are so excited. It is a great day for San Diego Padre fans, for Seidler, for anyone mm -hmm. who works in that front office. This is a great day. You locked up your superstar. I asked you the question last night, who's the guy guaranteed to have a great season in 2021? You and I yep. both agreed. You go with the veteran in his prime. You go Machado. But again, you look at Tatis. He's six years away from his prime. He's not even close to what he can be. And what he yeah. is right now is just freakish how good he is. So, uh, the, the, again, the deal is 14 years, $340 million for Tatis. And so for the Padres and Padre fans, it's an amazing contract. And one yeah. that I didn't think, honestly, there's no way. I'm thinking if I was in that office, he's not signing this. Because yeah. <clears throat> when you look at the money, how it would break down on an average per year. We don't have any of the particulars. We sure. don't know if he can renegotiate. We don't know if he has a no-trade clause. We don't know anything works. All we know is it's 14 years, $340 million. There are five free agent shortstops going to hit the market after this season. Mm -hmm. And Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Francisco Lindor, Corey Seager, Javi Baez. Mm -hmm. All outstanding. As we said yeah. last night, we've never seen anything like this in our lives as far as how great shortstops are in baseball. Tatis, I would take over all these guys. And I'm oh, sure yeah. you would too. Yeah. And is as great as he is, again, he's 22. I'm thinking in my mind, if I'm Tatis, well, let's wait a year and see what the market is for these for five Lindor. guys. For every one of them, right? Yeah. Because you have to think in your mind, every one of these guys is yeah. going to make big time money. And the guy that needs the bounce back year would be Javi Baez because he yeah. had a bad year in 2020. But everyone else is basically, and Lindor wasn't what he was, but everyone's expecting big sure. things. Anyway, for for me, looking at it, if I was Tatis's agent, I would Dan Lozano, big time agent, yeah, signed yeah. the Machado it's not like deal. Some dirtbag that you no. ain't hear of. It's not like Trevor Bauer's agent, who was some girl he knew at UCLA, who basically didn't have a huge reputation. Yep. And you go, wow, that is amazing. Again, I'm not paying the contract. All I want to see is 
Fernando Tatis Jr. in Southern California. And yeah. when I mean that, with the Padres. There's nothing like a homegrown guy that everyone has fallen in love with from the day that tra trade was made, that James Shields went to the White Sox, and Tatis Jr. came here. Everyone was excited, and he hasn't disappointed. Well, I, I always point this out, Dave. They gave you Shields and $30 million because somebody in that organization, whether it was Preller or one of the guys on his staff saw something in Tatis. It was a one-for-one one deal. Shields in $30 million for a 17-year-old kid. I mean, that that to me was also unlike anything this yeah. organization has ever done. Yeah, it's funny when you said that when I walked in tonight, uh, Dave and Josh both said, you know, man, I don't know about that contract from an agent's perspective. And I, I said to you both, Oh, bullshit. What if you're Acuna's agent, right? Because Acuna, eight-year deal for $100 million, right? Yeah. It basically yeah. ends up being like 15 But when you calculate it out, like you guys said, and you go 20, it, it basically averages out to $27 million a year. 24 God, I see your point. And you look at this. I don't know what came into it. But would anybody have really been surprised if Dan Lozano goes, hey, man, we're asking for 10 years, $400 million. That's what I thought. I thought he would be a $400 million and, guy. And we're going to gamble on our guy, and our number is 10 years, $400 million because that puts him at 31 years or 32. Yeah, gives him still a chance to get to another, do another contract. One. We want 10 years, 400 Yeah. So, I, Dave, I don't have any idea. I think the one thing that we can finally get rid of in this town, I don't believe Seidler – is the old school, hey, we need a San Diego discount. No. I think that bullshit has gone away. And Pete's worth like $3.5 billion. But yeah. he's not giving his money away at the no, same I time. Yeah. I got it. But I'm just saying, shit that we've heard in the past about, well, we're a mid-market or a small market. Boy, he doesn't act like that. Preller no. doesn't act like that. So, yeah, when you look at it and you calculate it out over the 14 years and you go, it works out to 27 and who cares if 24, it's or yeah. 24, I keep saying 27, excuse me. And the numbers I would assume are probably 10 and 10 and then jump to 30 or whatever they jump yeah. to, whatever. You're right. At the end of the day, the average is 27 million a year. And you go, as insane as this sounds, you go, that's fucking great. <clears throat> it is. It's a great, it's the, the guys who win again are the fans and the Padres yeah. in, in this deal. So Here's here's what I was kind of going back with people on Twitter about. Not trying to be a complete downer on this whole thing because he's a fantastic. He's he's a once in a lifetime as a fan player that we're going to see. Right. Tony was outstanding, and I understand he's Mr. Padre, but this guy athletically is such a freak. And total package. Total pack. National commercials. I mean, he's all over the fucking place. Yeah. And he hasn't disappointed. He's been everything and more than what you could possibly hope for in a superstar. Absolutely fantastic. What I, I start to think as just a normal guy, whether any other job, and mm -hmm. I always hate when people compare their job to a job of a professional athlete. Because, again, when you're doing your work every day in your cubicle, not talking to you, but talking to yeah. listeners, that people are saying, well, I get paid this amount, not nowhere close to what a Tatis gets. <laughs> yeah. Well, you aren't on TV working no. in a fucking cubicle. Or on MLB The Show. Yeah, you aren't, on, <laughs> you aren't doing BMW <laughs> yeah. commercials. Right. So – it's different. How many people in the world can do what Tatis Jr. does? You know what the answer is? It's fucking none. 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 So when you're the best and you want to be recognized as the best, you deserve to get paid as the best. My opinion. Yeah. 
So how ridiculous will it be in the offseason if the five guys I just mentioned, Correa, Story, Lindor, Seager, and Baez, all make more money than what Tatis Jr. is getting? We, we all know that he's not the sixth best shortstop in baseball, that he is number one out of everybody in baseball. Yeah. And at some point you go, well, fuck it. I want to be recognized for being the best because I am the best. I, I look at what Bob Nightingale has written tonight. Mike Trout's contract extension two years ago with the Angels was 10 years, $360 million at the age of 26. Yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr., 14 years, $340 million at the age of 22. Dan Lozano's no schlub. No, not at all. One of so, the best. So you look at that and you go, is that another reason for a city that already loves Tatis to continue to love Tatis? Of course. Of course. You go, this fucking kid gets a huge deal. And listen, man, the one thing that scared me the most over the last couple of weeks yeah. is the thing that scared me was if this guy looked and, and realized, like he probably has his entire life, like I am a definite big market player. Yeah. And, and I want San Diego to be big market, and I'm thrilled with what they're doing. But, dude. The Yankees would sign to get me, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, yeah. right? You get the Giants. Anywhere he wants to go, the people are going to pony up because he's a once-in-a-lifetime guy. He's going to pony up, and he's, again, the total package. And that's the thing that scared me because you looked at it and you said, we have grown accustomed to these types of players outgrowing this team. Yeah. And now we've said from MLB The Show to the dealerships and just how people – nationwide have fallen in love with this guy it worried me and what they did tonight just it just it's so incredibly special for this fan base i agree and that has absolutely fallen in love with that kid and i think dave what it is tonight is when you go holy shit that kid loves this city as much as this city loves him because 27 million i get it fuck (laughs) what's the matter with me uh, 24, I swear to God, 24 million a year. Well, go, you know what, buddy? You know what? Why don't you come down and cut two by fours with me at Lowe's one day at Dixie Line? <laughs> Fuck you. Nobody cares. For him to do that, 24 million. Yeah. When other guys are making 30 or 40. 45 for Trevor Bauer next year. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Isn't it? Think that. Bauer would make $20 million more than a position player? I, I, I put this out on social media yeah. tonight. I put it out a bunch of different things. But this, for me, is, is the thing that's the most exciting about it. In 2019, my kids were in sixth grade. They were going to Rolando Elementary School in La Mesa, where I had a great relationship. I would, I just My kids had grown up there. But, Dave, I, I just, as a dad, there are certain things where you go, you know what? I just got a weird feeling. And there was something about that opening day with Machado at third and Tatis at short that hit me and I said, we got to be there. Yeah. We have to be there. And it was a, a afternoon game. And I pulled my kids out of school at 1 o'clock. And I was very candid with the teachers there and said, man, I've never taken them out of school for anything other than a dentist appointment. But today's different. Today's a different kind of day. My son, Cade, had not missed a day of school in six years. My son, Jack, had not missed had missed one day of school in five years. 
And that's when his nanny passed away and he was heartbroken and, and he took the day. But Kate had not missed a day in six years. And I pulled him out of school at 12 noon. The fucking principal at Rolando Elementary, who's still there, decided that Cade would lose his perfect attendance record, right, because of what I did. And by the way, I was honest in doing it. I took a lot of shit from the teachers. I took a lot of shit from my ex-wife. And I said to my kids every day, I don't give a shit. I know what I'm doing. I don't give a (laughs) shit. I don't care. And this is what's really great, is I have an incredible relationship with my ex. And I said to her tonight, will you finally say, I get it? And she laughed. She goes, no, but, I, but, but she, was, she was great. But she goes, I get it. Yeah. Like, I get it. And that's what I wrote tonight on social media. Life is about memories. And I have that picture. My kids grumble every time I take their picture. And I said to both of them tonight, I go, look, man. That day was as much for me as it was for you. You didn't have to live through the shit when Glenn Dishman was pitching, right? <laughs> or Brandon Via for or yeah. Via, whatever that Via Fuerte. Via Fuerte. And all this other bullshit, the fire sales and having to act like Mark Grant was a decent bullpen arm when Kevin Mitchell was the goddamn MVP. And I said to them, Tonight, it's great. It's redemption for all of us. Yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm so stoked you were there. And Kate said, I've told you every day, Dad, I don't care about the trophy. What am I going to do with that trophy? Say it yeah. to my kids. Hey, I didn't miss a day of school. He goes, we were there, man. We were there. This is great. Yeah. And, and that's it. And I appreciate everybody who was nice. And God, I love the stories guys are telling me. On social media about their dad taking them out of school to go to Jets games and and different things like that. Fuck it. And fuck Rolando Elementary. (laughs) Take your bullshit trophy and shove it up your ass. I feel like the guys on the Bad News Bears. (laughs) And and they were all fucking wrong. And on that day, I knew what I was doing. And that's the thing. My son Jack and Kate are like, God, that's really wild. And I go, when this contract is done... You two assholes will be 27 years old. Yeah. Right? Probably working the overnight shift at Night Day Cafe in Coronado. (laughs) But it's just, David's the coolest, man. It it is. Okay, so you said two things that kind of stuck out to me. One is you said you were nervous about Tatis leaving in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I was thinking the same thing. He's a kid that's going to end up in L.A., Chicago, New York. Dan Lozano's a big time, was Piazza's agent. exactly right. And so... (laughs) <laughs> so I was thinking of that and I couldn't disagree with you because I 100% said until I see him sign mm-hmm. with the Padres, my money would have been he's gone. He's a big star. And for Padre fans, and, and this is before I lived here, before you lived here, but there was a freak Padre player at one time and it was Dave Winfield. Oh, yeah. Who was very unusual and could do mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And Dave Winfield left the Padres for the Yankees. Yeah. That still bothers me. The Padres retired his number. And yeah. And so he left for the big lights and everything else that the Yankees brought with it. And um, the Padres, if you're a fan, if you're the age of, let's say, a Nick Canepa or you know anyone that, that's older than us that went through it, they know what it's like to lose a yeah. favorite superstar. Ozzy. Yeah, something that someone had that no one else had. And yeah. for Tatis to sign and make a commitment to the city, to the organization, is, is absolutely gigantic. The one thing that is also – forget about the money of the contract – the thing that is very strange about the contract to me is that it expires right when he turns about to turn 36. Yeah. 
So there's no chance of that next big contract after right. that. Like it makes sense to say, well, we're going to sign a nine or ten year deal, like you said, because there's still Seven an opportunity. Year deal. Eight year yes, deal, right? And so it's so bizarre because how many shortstops are making big time money at 36 years old? Yeah, because the way this kid plays, his body's going to be beaten to shit by 36. Well, you know, I mean, there will be different things for him. It, it's first space. Well, it's amazing, Dave, that a year ago we were talking about him moving to center field, right? Not us. No, but Fucking I'm saying. Preller. Bring but, your glove. But there was talk about him moving to center yeah, field. Absolutely. And he was upset by that. And, man, the the other thing that we don't even talk about or know, the amount of jerseys that this guy sells, oh, yes. right? My kids this year, we went to Target, and part of their stocking stuffers for Christmas were a couple of Tatis 23 shirts. Cool. And they're great. Yes. They wear them all the time. But I'm just saying, if you're Seidler and Eric Gruppner, like this dude sells tickets, yes. sells merchandise. People will tune in. This is the one thing every one of you need to know tonight because I don't know if you know it. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but you better know it tonight. If you are like me and you are a YouTube TV subscriber or a Hulu TV subscriber or a Dish, uh, not so much Dish, but Sling, you don't get Fox Sports San Diego. Is that right? You, so as we get ready for... Now, at my house, I've got those, but I also have... Isn't a, it called something else this year? It's not going to be called Fox. It's Bally's. Okay. But whatever, yeah. you don't have the Padres channel. And the, great, the great thing is that when you subscribe to YouTube, Hulu, or, or uh, Sling, you're not locked into a two-year deal like yeah. you were on Dish or anything else. You can just write them an email and go, hey, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. And when that ends, you paid your 50 bucks, and then you move on. But there is no deal with those guys, so... I would hate for any of you to get to opening night and then start scanning through Dish, or I keep saying Dish. I don't know what the fuck happened to me out there. Did I get chased by the <laughs> raccoon? Uh, start scanning through YouTube TV or Hulu or any of these and not be able to find it. And Dave, you're right. For those of you that do actually have Dish or DirecTV, uh, it's no longer Fox, Fox Sports San Diego. It's like Bally's TV. So New polos for Mark Grant. Yeah, I think it's channel 31. Isn't that where it used to always be? 31? It was 694 on, oh, um, right. on, on DirecTV. TV. But, yeah, get ready if you're if you're using streaming. Um, and I don't know if you get MLB TV if you go for that, if they'll show those games or if they're locally blacked out. You may wow. want to check into that. You do want to check into that. But, um, but as of tonight, for me, with YouTube TV, I wouldn't have access to it. My kids wouldn't have access to it. The feeling is as you get closer to the season that maybe something will work out, but they haven't done it to this point. Yeah. Wow. I, that, that's good enough. That's good information right there. Um, it is uh, – it, it's kind of wild. A couple things I was thinking about. Again, the, the money thing never really bothers me as, as a fan because mm -hmm. it doesn't affect me. I don't, I'm not a season ticket holder, so I'm not sure. worried about – they're going to pay this guy, oh. this guy, this guy all this money and go, well, they're going to make that money back somewhere if it's not jerseys. I mean, that whole idea, it's a business. I understand. You're going to want to make a profit. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's in it just to be a, a Major League Baseball owner. But when I sit there and I think of some of these contracts that they have that you and I, for years, when we covered the team, we're like, yeah. 
Fuck, I remember when the Kevin Brown $115 million yeah. money seemed crazy. How yeah. much did they give Hosmer? 144 Yeah. Then they give uh, Machado $300 million. Yeah. And then they give it to Tease with $340 million. You yeah. know, and you're going, holy fuck. This remember is when a, the Myers deal? What was Myers deal? It was like yeah. 80 Yeah, that was crazy. Think about this. John Morris bought the Padres for $80 million. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking nuts, right? I just... Uh, and so, I mean, it has increased dramatically. That's what I'm saying. By the time all these years are up at Tatis, how much money is the, the super, are the superstars making? A lot of fucking money. I mean, and you, and you 50 got, million's around the corner after Bauer got 45 million. And you, and you have the guy for this team. Yes. With all love and respect for Manny Machado or Mackenzie Gore or C.J. Abrams, right, that yeah. everybody's excited about. Dude, this is the fucking guy for this team and and so electrifying and so such a magnetic personality. That's the guy. Yeah. And that tonight they didn't fuck it up. And I and I don't see that I don't say that directed at Peter AJ. I just say it, Dave, under the umbrella of what Padres baseball has been for fifty five fucking years, right? They didn't fuck it up. And they have not fucked anything no. up. Where you go, yeah. Like, the more I think about it, the idea that this shakes down to $24 million a year <laughs> is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's a hell of a deal. And it's and some, deal. I'm, I'm saying, Dave, Dan Lozano didn't go in and go, listen, asshole. Yeah. This guy is quickly becoming the face of baseball, and we want... 20% more than you're paying Will Myers or fuck you. Yeah. 24 million a year. And I'm going to get a club sandwich and don't fucking call me and say 21 million, 24. Now I'll tell you another thing, you little shit. You better make it a 13-year deal. <laughs> 14. 14. It's unbelievable. Yes. It is. It is unfucking. Didn't you think when they talked numbers for what this was going to be? Didn't you think it was going to be like eight years, two fifty? Yeah. And if it was going to be a mega deal like this, I thought it would be five hundred million dollars. Yeah. I thought it would be five, and and I wouldn't have argued it. I would have said, pay it. You have to pay the five hundred million dollars. He's the superstar. Yeah. Holy shit! It is. It is crazy, and so many people are yelling at me. Tonight going, well, I'm sure he's going to be fine. That's not the point. The point is you want to be paid what you're worth. And what well, what the money says is he's he. Well, the money doesn't say it, but the deal is he's the best player right now playing that position. Maybe the best yeah. player in the world. And that's what the money stands for. Are you the best at what you do? And the money's not going to show that in one year. You know, in, in one year, all every guy mentioned could be making more money than him. But I think my guess would be that the way the money shakes out, is probably pretty mellow at the start, right? Let Myers come off the books. Let the Hosmer deal drop down to $13 million. Yeah, I'm not worried about the pots. They're going to make that money, a lot of money okay. back, as you said, through tickets, food, and In-house advertising? Fuck yes. TV? Yes. They own 20% of that channel. At least they did. Yep. Now, maybe they, they sold out. I don't know if they still have part of it, but they own 20%, so either they made money when the channel was sold or they still own a percentage of it. But you're right. And Dave, this is the thing that you look at tonight, right? I'm I'm driving down and I'm listening. First, I put on ESPN Radio. And ESPN Radio is Freddie and Fitz. Great. Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons. A couple of real fucking heavy hitters. 
And these two dumb fucks are talking about this trade or this deal. Yeah. And one of them, I think it's Ian Fitzsimmons, who as soon as he comes on local radio, I'm fucking gone. This dumb fuck says tonight, well, this is kind of what happened when the Rams signed Jared Goff. And you go, do you have you ever seen this fucking kid play, no, asshole? He's sleeping. He's sleeping. Have you ever seen Jared Goff play, dipshit? So immediately click, he's fucking done. I'm like, he's a Raider fan. That's the best thing about him. Diehard Raider fan. Who is Fitzsimmons? Well, he doesn't know shit about baseball, <laughs> and he doesn't know shit about Fernando Tatis. No. But you look at that and you go. I get it. As you said, Dave, these games happen late, and now they're all going back to 730 games again. Yeah. And then I go to MLB Network, and MLB Network's talking about the deal, and they're comparing it to uh, Mike Trout's deal. Yeah. The fucking guy on MLB Radio tonight says, listen, Mike Trout's probably a Hall of Famer. And the guy goes, his buddy goes, what you just say? He goes, hey, he's probably a Hall of Famer. And the guy goes, he's a fucking Hall of Famer. Yeah. If, he, if, if he stopped playing, never played another game, he's a Hall of Famer. He goes, he's a three-time MVP. Yeah. Consensus, the best player in the game. And the <laughs> other guy goes, well, you know, yeah, maybe he wins another one or two MVPs. Two All-Star Game MVPs. The guy's but he's dominating. Like, and you're like, you're on MLB radio, yeah. and you just said you think. Ted Simmons is in the fucking Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, point. like, Mike Trout may not be. And I just go, God damn. But, Dave, what it proves was as exciting as we are or as excited as we are in San Diego, <laughs> they have not yet eclipsed that national presence. Yeah, they haven't. But this is a huge step in the right direction. I agree. I, man, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's what my argument was for the last few months was this is it. I mean, we talked about rivalries, and we said – the focus is now on Southern California. The, the bad news is, again, if you're living back east where there are yeah. kind of media outlets, and, and who are we kidding? The, the population is huge back east. You go to bed when the Padre games are starting. If yeah. you aren't already in bed, you miss a lot of this shit. That's why you got to make up a lot of it on these Sunday night games yep. and these national games. And the Padres are going to be part of the package for Big. years. For years. Yeah, because you put Blake Snell and Darvish and Clevenger yep. in that mix now, right? And now all of a sudden... Hopefully, Mackenzie Gore is the guy that we all hope he's going to be. And then you mix in Tatis and Machado and and the rest of this and C.J. Abrams. And look, man, let's say the other thing. Coming out to Petco Park, it looks beautiful. Yes. The brown and gold pops on TV. It's very cool. And, yeah, I think, Dave, Seidler uh, and Preller and Eric and the rest of them down there, know exactly what they're doing amazing absolutely amazing okay so um here's the deal okay it's it's a new day and age new ownership mm -hmm. Seidler's done a, a bang up job and the season hasn't even started yet right mm -hmm. he stepped in for ron and things are happening we think he, ron thinks tonight gotta be so thrilled right yeah he, I, I imagine ron still has a stake i mean of ron course. and ron's i used to say this about ron all the time you knew him i, I never knew ron you yeah. knew ron uh, you work I worked for Ron, for Ron but I, I don't really yeah. know him. But, but he, I sure you're always love a fan of him. You always him. have been. Even love before him. he owned the pods, you always yep. told me you were a fan. Always. Um, a couple things. you know, the, Man, the, the, I, I don't want to be this come off bad. Ted Leitner's a friend of mine. Yeah. He's a friend of yours. Yeah. I feel bad about a couple things. I feel bad Ted never got the goodbye. I feel bad Ted's not getting a chance to call these games when things finally got good. Yeah. And that part 
disappoints me, frustrates me. I know it's only one person, and this is a franchise, but that part. I got it. He saw a lot me. of bad yeah, baseball. A lot. Of, yeah, I mean, dude, he did saw a lot of bad fucking baseball, and it's tough to entertain when you're doing a lot of bad baseball. Yeah. And uh, now I feel bad in that aspect for the for the future. And I watch these guys on Twitter. Who you realize how young they are? Yeah. Because they a lot of them say I never saw Tony Gwynn. Oh, I mean, man. that that's right. wild. You know, they I saw the end of Trevor Hoffman's career. I didn't. Yeah. And you start to go, well, this is the future. I mean, as much as we yeah. want and we talk about things all the time that age out, whether it's the newspaper or radio and and you go, this is the new day and age. These are yeah. the guys who are diehard Padre fans right now. The young guys, which Major League Baseball has done a pretty bad job of bringing them in. Are they the ones that are going to tell the stories to their kids? I mm -hmm. saw this guy at a young age, at 21 years old, 22, and I knew he was going to be a star, and here he is. And so one of the questions I put out on Twitter, and people fucking lost their shit <laughs> tonight, was it was a poll question. It mm -hmm. was, when Fernando Tatis Jr.'s next 14 years are up, will he surpass Tony Gwynn as Mr. Padre? And, you know, what, what mm -hmm. the fuck? Why, why, can't, why can't we have one nice day? Why do you got to do shit like that? Because... It, as I was thinking about it, you and I love Tony. Anyone mm -hmm. who saw Tony's career loves Tony. You start thinking, <clears throat> it's the equivalent, I think, of being married to the greatest woman in the world who dies tragically, and then you yeah. find the next one, yeah. who, who's a fantastic woman, too. And you don't want to compare the two, because they're both great. Yeah. And uh, I asked you this question a few months ago. What would you rather have, Tony's past or Fernando's future? Yeah. You said Fernando's future. Sure. And, um, I mean, it, it's fun to play that game because you believe that much in them but at the same time they're both great players I, I i wonder man they're two different guys tony was just just an artist with the bat mm -hmm. and he was fast for a while then he, he gained weight and wasn't fast to taste you can't imagine that his body's going to dramatically change and he's not going to be the athlete that we see today yeah no i i think dave what it is i think they're both mr padre and they're mr padre for different generations for our generation it's always Tony Gwynn. For me, it's always Tony Gwynn because when things were really, really bad here during the Tom Warner time yeah. and everything was going on, Tony stayed. Tony had the opportunity to leave. Junior will tell you all about it. Kansas City wanted him bad. Other teams wanted him bad. And senior stayed. And that's all we needed. As long as we had 19, we didn't care. Yeah. But you just said it. There are a bunch of kids, mine included, that love hearing the name, love seeing the statue, never had the opportunity to hear the laugh, never had the opportunity to sit with him, never had the opportunity to see him lay into guys and and or just fucking get a base hit off of Greg Maddox like he did all the time. But when I was 13, I fell in love with his team, and my kids are now 13, and for them, if they don't have Tony Gwynn to watch, I couldn't be more thrilled that their version of Mr. Padre is is Fernando Tatis. And I would think it's the same. Uh, Steve Woods told me tonight, he was saying, God, you know, it's funny. I talked to my dad, and he goes, my dad's hyping me on different things going on with the Yankees. And he said, it's weird, man. He goes, I kind of feel like I'm getting, and, and Steve will probably talk about this tomorrow. I hope I'm not stealing his thunder. But he said, it's not just because I'm on the flagship. If I was at 91X or anywhere else, I'm just a baseball guy. And he goes, I get what you always said about this team. It just kind of gets in your blood system. And, and he goes, I've got it there. But if Steve looked back at the Yankees at his time and said, Mr. Yankee, right? Yeah. Is it Mariano Rivera? Is it Jeter? Is it one of those guys, right? He's not saying Joe DiMaggio. But I wonder who his dad says. Oh, that's interesting. 
who does his dad say? Or who does who does Steve's dad, Steve's grandfather, yeah. right? His father's dad. Fucking right, dude. They're going Joe. They're going Mickey. They're going yeah. uh, Whitey Ford. They're going whoever they... Yogi. Who knows who it is? Why doesn't Steve buy his goddamn dad a fucking generator? He's freezing his ass off. He can't. Can't afford to get Bo a haircut. How the fuck you want him to buy a generator? And how's it going to get there? You know what? How about if he just Paul haircut spends all his money on golf? Fuck your haircut. Oh, he only goes golfing because Paul picks up the tab and stop mentioning that. That's behind the scenes shit. Stay stay in your lane, as Mr. Uh, LeVar Ball once said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Dave, like guys that are Charger fans, right? Yeah. Those that grew up here. My kids would probably look and go, oh, Philip Rivers or whoever the case yeah. may be. And you say that to older people, Philip Rivers, you ever goddamn heard of Dan Fouts? Right? Yeah. You ever heard of Louis Kelcher? <laughs> Did, why don't you do yourself a favor, young man, and look up Gary Garrett, look up Lance Allworth, and then save your bullshit, okay? Yeah, it's just. <laughs> uh, Don, the guy that he's always put down our throat. Don Masick. And I, Don. I love Don Masick. That's great. Don was... Don played center and should have been a Pro Bowl center. He was like 5'10", 220. Tough as fucking nails. Dude, I am messing with Donnie Masick. But yeah. Charger fans. Fuck Mike Webster. I'm like, what? Yeah. Jim Otto? <laughs> You're going to try to sell me on Jim Otto over Courtney Hall? Yeah. Oh, okay. And next you're going to tell me that uh, Art Shell and Gene Upshaw are better than Rich Hornberger and Stan Brock? Are you fucking high, dude? I thought you were off Lexapro. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, it's just different generations. So, for those of us that are in the middle, yeah. that saw them both, it's great. There you go. Fuck. That's pretty cool, man. A lot of teams have guys that just... Passed the torch, right? Don Mattingly passed it to Jeter. Yes, absolutely. And and you go through there. Yeah. No, and, and for the Padres, they've had years and years where there wasn't a passing of the torch. There wasn't the yeah. next guy. So, no, it is uh, it, overall, it is a great day for the city of San Diego. Tony passed Padres. it to Tim Tuffle. Oh, my God. What do you mean, oh, my God? Oh, my God. Dude, it was so bad for the longest fucking time. I was, <laughs> I was saying... Uh, Josh and I were having this conversation today because Josh is a huge Padre fan. This is before yeah. the Tatis news even broke. And he goes, you know what I'm fucking sick of in this town? And I go, what? I'm sick of guys wearing that fucking navy blue Mark Kotze giveaway shirt from like 2003. And Eric went, Owens. That's a waste set. And then someone said, so we were looking up Eric Owens t-shirts on Google. Yeah. And it was like, Eric Owens and Jesus. That's who I have on my side. Beautiful. And I'm like, that's fucking great. Eric mm. Owens was horse shit. That's what I have on my <laughs> side. He was horse shit. All right. So here, here's something, uh, Padre baseball, but different. Now, he, Blake Snell might have been on with Woods today. I don't know, because 97.3 posted this quote from Blake Snell. No, he did a uh, he did a Zoom press conference did he? today. Yeah. Did you see the amount of innings he plans on throwing? What did he say? 100? 150 to 180. He thinks it's a com- he can accomplish that. I'm like, well, that comes out to the five, five innings. Five, uh, sorry. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? Come that, on, That's the Blake. criticism. That's the criticism of you, that you only go five. What do you mean your goal is five? Well, and they said it, whether they were saying it or it might have been Hartman today, 
was saying the same thing, that you've got to start finding ways to get these guys into the sixth or seventh inning. At least the goal has to be going right. to seven. Mindset of going well, seven. And and they said, remember when James Shields said, Steve brought this up, and I hadn't thought about this in forever, but it was a great point from Hartman today. Because when remember when James Shields came out and said, I'm challenging all the starters that we're going to throw for 1,000 innings? Yeah. Because I think they threw for about 288. <laughs> but it was a cool thing for James Shields. Yeah. It's just, Dave, and, and you know it, I know it, the whole thing. Analytics has changed this game. And and Blake Snell's the prime example of it because of what we saw in the World Series. The guy's fucking flying. And Kevin Cash panicked and looked at his index card and said, we can't leave him out there. You've said it for years on this show. You can't let him see the lineup three, three times, times through. the number. Yeah. And it didn't matter that Snell was striking oh out everybody. God. He was dominating the Dodgers. Yeah. But I, Dave, I look at it. I don't know anybody on the Rays. I look at it from the mental standpoint of the guys sitting at short, sitting in yeah. left, sitting in center, and sitting behind the dish. When you come out and you let your index card dictate the game, you cannot tell me that doesn't mentally impact the guys, the, the everyday eight. And this game is so... Much of it is the mental part of it. You got to stop fucking doing that. Just uh, let I'm them play you. baseball. I'm with you. So the the book on both Snell and Musgrove is Snell can only go five and Musgrove can only go four. Duh. And, and again, that has to change. thing with Musgrove, he's a big, strong dude. Musgrove's yeah. a big guy. Like if you saw him, you go, man, that guy's bigger than I thought. Yeah. Musgrove with this offense, I think things change. He goes more yeah. than four. I mean, in Pittsburgh, he had fucking nothing. Yeah. Um, but but I think a lot of that changed. I hope a lot of that changes because the bullpen, I think, is a big question mark. I, I feel yeah. safer with the starters in my mind. But the the whole sabermetrics deal. I remember a few years ago when the Dodgers were playing the Red Sox in the World Series and uh, Rich Hill had a one-hitter. Yeah. And they fucking just yank him. Crazy. And then they lose the game and you go, what yeah. the fuck? How, yeah. what, how are you pulling a guy with a one-hitter? Again, you, could, you couldn't touch the guy. But I just thought it was so strange that he dropped the five-inning line when that's mm -hmm. been the criticism of can he go more than more than five? It was it was it was well, weird. But I, I thought I assumed it was the fan because they tweeted out. I didn't know they did a Zoom call. Well, and that to me is where you go. All right, that's what moves you from a one to a three. Yes, because uh, that means I'm going to put Darvish ahead of you, and I got to put Lamette ahead of you yeah. too, assuming he's healthy. And then if I have you as the three, then I go okay. But I can't have my guy that's going against Kershaw, Strasburg. Max yeah. Scherzer, whoever the case may be, and knowing I'm only getting five out of you. Yeah. I have to look at it and go, yeah, this might be the guy to go eight for us tonight. And if you're not, if you're just not that guy, then all right, I'll make you the three or maybe even the yeah. four, depending on what Paddock shows. Yeah, you can't have, you can't be taxing your bullpen every single day. No My way. guy's only going four or five innings. That's insane. Nope, not that, with the not with the season coming back. Yeah, there's uh there's big news this morning. When you woke up this morning and, and you got your day started, the big news in the radio business and for people who mm -hmm. aren't even were, ever worked in radio was Rush Limbaugh passed away at age seventy today. <laughs> yeah, I saw Coach said R.I.P. to Rush, and then people got really really upset with him. It was fun to watch on social media because it'd be two good ones and just a fucking kick right in the nuts. <laughs> I I did not say rest in peace to Rush. I I was aware of everything that he has said in years past. Yeah. But the story that I shared was when I had just started in radio, my first station was AM 1130 KSDO. Yeah. 
And I loved it there. I loved just being there every day because it was old school news talk radio, packed newsroom, right? Reporters, editors, writers, and a really good host. And one of those hosts was Michael Reagan. Yeah. The son of the former president. Now, I don't know Michael at all, but I was happened to be in the building when they found out that Michael was going away and Rush Limbaugh was coming to San Diego and was going to be on AM 1130. Our program director, the great Kelly Wheeler, who uh, I love to this day, Wheels made the mistake of letting Mike Reagan do a farewell show. So I was in the control room at 5050 Murphy Canyon Road, sitting with our good friend Mike Usher, and Mike, or maybe Jimmy Charvet, it doesn't matter. And I'm watching Mike Reagan do this final show. Yeah. And he's getting ready to go off the air. And, you know, I, I got to let you know something. Today's the last day of this show. Now, I hope that I land on my feet and I get an opportunity to do this show again, but the connection I've had with you as an audience has been unmatched. And I just, I just have to say something. If management really, truly believes that a national show is going to be more successful than what we've built here, then I just have to say more power to them. <laughs> I'm over there going, wow, fuck yeah, Mike. You fucking tell them. Let's fast forward three months. KSDO, which had the worst fucking signal in San Diego, worse than 1360, we were a goddamn 10 share. And I didn't know what a 10 share meant, but I sure as fuck know what it means today. Because everywhere you went in that 50-50 Murphy Canyon uh, studio, there were 10s posted everywhere. We could not believe we had a 10 share. We dominated and the fucking reason we dominated, and there was champagne and cake and sandwiches and everything else, we goddamn dominated because they brought Rush Limbaugh in. And he dominated in this town for who listened to that station, the conservatives, the old school Republicans, right? The, the Pete Wilsons and everybody else that, that ran San Diego Man, you had Rush and you had Roger. That was our entire promotion all day long. You ran the KSDL Morning News, which was goddamn great, with uh, George uh, George Riley, Ernie Myers, Stocks, <laughs> Bill Holland, Bruce Spinkowski, <laughs> and then it went into Rush Limbaugh, into Roger, into Stocks. Bill had one hour of money talk and the afternoon news. We fucking dominated. And that's the thing. There are people that wrote tonight, he saved AM radio. There are a lot of people that I know that that would probably agree with that. But I just always flash back to that day because I just remember, I write that today, and somebody goes, hey, well, you know, Michael Reagan ended up with the national show. Oh, did he? <laughs> did he? Oh, how how fucking exciting. I guarantee you there's not one fucking radio station in the world that had a celebration for being a 10 share because they pulled the fucking Michael Reagan show in. Don't tell me my business, asshole. And I just remember that, the impact that the guy had. But he's fucking nuts. Yeah. 
He's just fucking nuts. And so it's weird, though, man. It's just weird to think that he's... I, I don't think they were carrying him local anywhere. I don't know if Kogo was still carrying him. I have him. no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. It was. I, I went back and I looked up a lot of stuff on Rush today. Like, I spent an hour looking yeah. at his life and at where he came from. And, you know, he's a guy that went to college, failed out. Couldn't, he said he got all Fs all the way yeah. through. Ended up moving back into his parents' house for like eight years. Was trying to make it as an FM DJ is what yeah. he wanted to do. I think his name was like Bachelor Bob or some shit <laughs> yeah. on there. Yeah. And then on a Saturday morning show, he just started talking, and it took off. And by Amazing, 1988, right? everything was fucking insane. And so uh, he, he had a crazy career. Was it later than that though, Dave? Because well, I got in to the KSTO 90s is where he got the money. Yeah, because but yeah. I got to KSTO in '91, and he came shortly after that. Yeah. And and the timing of those, that's why I think that was about the time. Like KFI picked him up and we picked him yeah. up. And he just we absolutely and Hedgecock was on fire at that time. I just feel like we rode that way, but I really feel like Kelly Kelly Wheeler, our PD, like understood what the impact he was making and, and how KFMB didn't get him. Uh Mark Larson, who's as conservative as it gets him, was program director. I never asked Mark that, but like how did he whiff? Because they were going. I mean, if you think about it, at that time they were Clark and Cavett, and and they had Hudson Bauer, right? I yeah. mean, it was live and local and doing great for KFMB. But I wonder at what point Mark and and Cliff and the other people there were like, "Fuck." Yeah, it, it, very interesting. So, uh, you know, there are a couple things about him. Number one, I, I remember back to when he used to have a late night show. Remember, like oh, where, yeah. where Kimmel is, he used to be on ABC. Yeah, and he sell his fucking chairs. Remember? Yeah, you could buy a chair Dude, just like rushes with his man. initials in it. But there were some horrible things that he had done over the years, where you just mm. go, "I don't." If you look at yourself in the mirror, you're going, "That's not how I think," you know. And the couple things he did, and some of the videos came out today that people said, "Hey, don't forget," and they posted. And remember, he was hired by ESPN to do football. Oh shit! In 2003, lasted two weeks. That's it. Because he went after Donovan McNabb. He said Donovan McNabb, the NFL goes out of their way. To position black coaches and black players in positions oh they God. don't they don't deserve, Eesh. and Don McNabb only gets credit because he's black, and we all know he's not good. And ESPN said, "See you later." And then he he went off on um, the NFL all too often looks like a game between the Bloods and the Crips without weapons. You know, was wow. a comment he made. He's the one. He was a guy that decided to start up that Obama wasn't an American citizen, and that took was off he part of that major part of that. And so a, a lot of things that, that took off like crazy. And then the one that was, I mean, that, all those are terrible because I saw mm -hmm. a lot of black people on Facebook say, fuck off. This guy stood for everything against my, my own life. Oh, and yeah. I, again, I didn't comment on anything, but I, I wanted to watch. I wanted to see what, yeah. what people were going to write. And people that are close to you and me were very upset about things that have happened in the last 20, 30 years. But the video that kept going on today was the one that Rush Limbaugh said that Michael J. Fox was faking Parkinson's. Oh my God! And then he what starts, was that? And then he, oh, it's all over the internet today, and it shows him doing the whole shaking. He goes, he's faking it because he can keep an eye on the teleprompter. I'm like, he gave up an entire career to, oh to, to God, raise money God. for Parkinson's, Eesh. and so it, it it does. It makes you it makes you cringe, cringe, you know, all the way through that. You're just going. Fuck, man. He said uh, his fake from Parkinson's was just to raise money for the liberals. Was his, Oh, was, my God. Was his own. But I remember, uh, and he was another COVID-19 was a common cold guy. He was that guy. But the one that I thought was nuts for you and me, because we were on there at KFMB mm -hmm. at the time, 
was he got addicted to oxy. Yeah. And there was a shitload of oxy. You remember? Yeah. And he ends up getting arrested. Doesn't do any time, you know? And yeah. then and the hydrocodone, the oxy gets arrested. Then he gets arrested again in 2007 for bringing a shitload of Viagra over from the Dominican. Oh, shit. And then he says, and again, doesn't do any time, but he says, well, I got it from the Clinton Library. You know, immediately goes that direction. But again, when you're a person in power, that was was a lot of things he got away with. So as far as saving AM radio, I agree. It yeah. did. He built a hell of a radio career. Yes. As a human being, Eesh. some of the stuff, it makes you cringe and go, yeah. you know, I don't want to say fuck this guy is a dead guy, but I wasn't a fan as a, of his preaching of the stuff that he was doing. He wasn't bringing people together. He was tearing people apart. I wonder at what point it really changed for him because when you would sit in there and listen to his show as I did in the 90s, like he really kept the show moving. From yeah. from the science of talk radio, he really kept it going. I think he had to start pushing it when guys like Hannity and these other guys were doing Is what that, he was doing, and Michael Savage, I Laura mean, Ingram. He had to start being more. You he, know, he lost KFI. Like yeah. they buried him over on AM eleven fifty in LA, yeah. which was huge because LA was such a big market for him. But I remember that show, Dave, because he rarely had a guest on. Yeah, he. Took a handful of calls, but a lot of it was just a three-hour monologue. Bill Handel's incredibly popular on KFI. I can't stand that show. One of the things that bugs me the most about Mason's show. Um, uh, um, uh, fuck. And the thing was, when you heard Limbaugh, you never heard that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like he did his whole deal, but you felt like part of it, was tongue in cheek. Like at at his core, he was very hardcore Republican, right? We knew he was against the Clintons and anybody uh that wore blue. But then at a certain point it just really changed to the point where you go, well, that's not really entertaining yeah. anymore. The tone has changed. Listen, this is why anybody in radio uh should be thankful for Rush Limbaugh. We all had contracts to do ad-libs for Sleep Train. Yeah. Uh, Sleep Train, if you worked in local radio, man, oh, man. If they called and said, hey, Sleep Train wants to meet with you. That was the one. That was the one you wanted, the Golden Goose. The guy who owned it was a guy named Dale. And Dale was about as cool a guy as we've ever met. And he came down to San Diego, and it was me and Dave and all the people from the different markets, right? Or, or yeah, morning shows. All the morning shows in our building. So Jesse was there and whoever else. Uh, we were all there. And Dale came down and he said, listen, um, a great day to have you. We're thrilled to have you as part of the Sleep Train family. And this is what we want you to do today. We want you to, to spend your day going through the showroom and we want you to pick out a bed. Yeah. But we don't want you to go pick out the $400 bed. We want you to take the best bed on the floor with the movable frame and everything else, and we're going to have it delivered to you and like set up. $15,000 bed. Yeah. <laughs> For and, everybody. And Dale said, this is why we're doing it. He said, because we started this in Sacramento, and Rush Limbaugh was there, local guy. Yeah. And one of our first radio guys was Rush Limbaugh, and Rush came in. 
And I said to him, hey, let me get you a bed. And he goes, man, he was so nice to me. He goes, ah, Dale, I don't, I don't want to be crazy. I'll, I'll take this bed right here. And he goes, we gave him a mid-range bed on the floor. And he goes, goddamn Rush went on the air and talked about that bed like it was pure heaven. And he said, every day people would come in and they wouldn't go to the high-end beds. They only wanted the bed that Rush oh, wanted. Funny. And he said, it does me no good to have you pitch in the mid-level bed. Yeah. I want you telling everybody how great the high-level bed is. And the only way we do that is if I drive that to your house. So, Dave, I will be incredibly thankful, uh, even though it's in my old house. But <laughs> I don't own it anymore. But for two years, that Cal King bed with the movable and... God yeah. damn, the massage and everything that it all came because of Rush Limbaugh. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. God dang, man. It's uh, it, it was interesting. Again, uh, for don't me, you I, wish though, Dave is and and not. I'm sorry, but for somebody that impacted our business at that level, yeah, right. It it's just it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that that he went. The way he did, because there's a part where you go, poor coach is just trying to pay tribute to a guy who had a very impactful career where a lot of people don't. But how, how can you really, you can't celebrate a guy. No, uh, again, I'm watching on Facebook and I'm going, oh my gosh. And then these clips people started posting, the Michael J. Fox oh, one, the boy. one where a caller calls and Rush uh, assumes that the guy's a black guy, and he says, take the bone out of your nose and call me back. Oh, Jesus and Christ. And you're like, fuck, dude. How can you be a fan of some of this yeah. shit? You know? Okay, so I'll throw this question at you. How much mm -hmm. do you think Rush was worth when he passed? God damn. It's, it's, I'd love to know what he was making in the heyday, right? I got to figure. God, he had books. Yeah, you know, his books yeah. were number one. You mentioned the TV show, the, the whole furniture, <laughs> that chair. I thought it was so funny that people would buy that chair. Okay, um, and let me explain this too to the audience who doesn't understand. When you have a syndicated show, yeah. those shows are free. Meaning, yeah, KSDO didn't have yeah, to pay. No, you don't pay. So we just like, give up the ad inventory. Yes, that's what it is. So Jeff hit it right on the head. So they're giving giving away ad inventory. They're giving Rush basically four commercials per market mm -hmm. to make his money. And he made a ton of it. And that that's why when Stern was syndicated, you had to pay for Stern's show. Yeah. Plus, he got inventory. But he's, he would say all the time. And you start to realize why so many radio stations, if you want to know why they don't go local, well, those shows are free. Yeah. You know, $300 that, million? $600 million. No shit. $600 million for for Rush when he passed. Yeah, it's crazy. And How's it, it going to be remembered, man? Uh, I guess it depends on... 50-50. Depends on the generation, right? Yeah, 50-50. I think, you know, the people who loved him will, will remember him fondly, and the people who were offended or felt but, like he fought everything their life, you know, basically meant and will hate his guts. But if you remember him fondly, if you look back and you remember him fondly, so you you just you just brush over everything that happened, right? Yeah, I, I, don't, I guess so. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Man. You know, it's it's funny, man, because as you as you and I even get older, and you start seeing guys that you went to high school with that have passed away, which yeah. is always really weird. Yeah, you start to go, how are those guys remembered? You want to always remember good times of people, yeah. and then you start to realize that at least I do. I start to realize I go, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. You talked about that circle last night. I've been thinking about it for twenty four hours. Yeah, about the ten people. Yeah, if there are ten people that yeah either are gonna miss you or think fondly of you. That's all that matters in my head. I, you but, know, I mean, I hope it's more, but at the same time, 
Rush had a huge audience, and I'm sure everyone who listened to him was really bummed out today when they found out he passed away. But the thing that I love about the 10 that I have, Dave, is they'd call me on that shit. Yeah. If I ever went on the air and legitimately said something to the effect of Michael J. Fox is faking that, I'd get the shit beat out of me by those 10 people that mean the most. Yeah, you'd have a different 10 is what would happen. You'd have a different 10 people that loved you, and the 10 people that you thought were important yeah. to you are going to disappear. Yeah. No, well, I think they'd be like, hey, dude, no. <laughs> Fuck no, man. That's not That's not going to fly. They call you on your shit. Yeah, they should. And they should. Exactly. That's the thing. What I always say is, who are the 10 that are always there for you, but are also the ones that say, hey, don't fucking do that. And, uh, man, I don't know. I just... I hadn't paid attention to him uh, during those times. So I guess you're right. You would see things that would show up on social media or, or would show up in different clips. But he just was, your life moves on, right? Yeah. You become a parent or doing your own job and you kind of look at it and go, ah, fuck, shrug it off. And now that he's gone, you go, wow. Yeah, really impactful guy. And boy, it, it got away from him. He did. He found his But niche. he made $600 million. Yeah, He made $600 million. Did he have any million. kids? I don't think he had kids, I don't did think he? he had kids. I knew he was a huge baseball fan. Loved the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Huge baseball guy, you know? Interesting. Hey, want to mention Brian Curry. Brian Curry is your guy for real estate here in San Diego. Again, right now, when you look at the real estate situation, so many people are taking advantage of what's going on right now. With the low interest rates, the people are really smart right now. They're selling their homes, and they're jumping into a new, bigger, better home. And yet their payment is either staying the same or going down. You go, how does yeah. it happen? They're getting a better interest rate and they're making a move to a better neighborhood, better school district. Again, Brian Curry's the guy. If you're looking to sell your home or buy a new home and get into the neighborhood that you thought you could never get into, why don't you call Brian Curry, talk to him, and he'll kind of walk you through the process, uh, excuse me, process and let you know how things work. Colin Coward, who's uh, a national radio guy, we're talking about it the other day, selling his home in Manhattan Beach. He's out. Moving up to a crazy home because he said, this is the time to do it. He goes, I'm really good at it, at making moves, and this is the time to sell your home and move into a better home. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Well, I wasn't going to announce it, Dave, but I'm incredibly thrilled, and I have Brian Curry to thank for it. We had a feeling that this deal may happen with Fernando Tatis, and I called Brian on the cell, and I said, you know what I need, Brian? He goes, you tell me. I said, I think I need... The old Ryan Klesko condo <laughs> up there on the 35th floor of the Omni Hotel overlooking yeah. Petco Park. Because I go, I just, I want to socially distance, but I still want to enjoy the game. And we, we're, we're expected to make our bid uh, next week. And I told you, things are different in the world. And so we're going to put a bid in of $87,000 for that condo. Good luck. And we're feeling good about it. So <laughs> <laughs> we're feeling good that we're going to live and listen. As much as I would love to have you all over, it's not going to happen, okay? It's just not going to happen. I cannot take the chance of having Dan Plant down at my front door accusing me of being a super spreader. Sorry, folks. Can't do it. But um, send your mail over there, and if I get a chance or I'm bored, can't sleep, then I'll read your mail, and, and I don't know, maybe I'll answer it. But the most exciting thing is, Dave, uh, as survivors sang in the 80s, about Ralph Macchio and Elizabeth Shue, the search is over. <laughs> and I, and I'm thrilled. I don't think that song's in that movie. Oh, I thought song. it was. That's a great song. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. 
I don't even know who lives there, but next week we're going to put in our bid for 87000 and I'm excited to take over the Ryan Klesko suite, and uh, I'll well, live down there. for you. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting, right? Yes, it is. All right, I'll let you know how it goes. They have not accepted our bid, but as they say in the business, Dave, we're quietly confident. There you go. <laughs> when you get into that brand new house, you're going to want that perfect pool. Again, Tailored Made Pools, Alan Taylor standing by, ready to build the pool of your dreams. Make your backyard a staycation. New construction on commercial or residential. Also, full remodels on commercial residential. Don't forget, Alan Taylor's your guy. He'll walk you right through the process. You'll have the best pool in the neighborhood. Again, Alan Taylor, Tailored Made Pools, 619 619- Four four nine four four five two six one nine four four nine four four five two. Told some friends of mine down in Texas where they need generators and the heat's really bad. I said, you know what? I'm a little tired of your can't do attitude. <laughs> I said, what I would like you to do is head down to the local five and dime and get a couple of tarps and some wood and build yourself a homemade pool in the backyard and just take all that snow. And fire it back there, and in a couple of weeks when it becomes Texas again, voila, (laughs) you have yourself a homemade pool. And they told me to do something to myself that I don't know that I, I mean, it sounded interesting, but I I said, does this mean you're not interested in the pool? And they said, correct. (laughs) I said, all right, well, fuck off then. I'm going to (laughs) go, I'm going to go out and enjoy a sunset. You have good luck. Uh, cuddling under the willow tree because you're fucking losing it. But, man, can you imagine? Spring is right around the corner. And what are you guys going to do for the spring? You're going to hang out in the backyard, listen to Padre baseball, and you should be relaxing in your brand-new pool. But you can't do it if Al doesn't build it. So give TaylorMade Pools a call. Tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. I had a guy call me today from Louisiana. Oh, how's he doing? From ADT. Is he like crawfish? He was super pissed. Said he was freezing his ass off. And he goes, I didn't expect this. What's it like where you are? I go, I'll be honest with you, man. I go, the back door's wide open and I'm wearing yeah. shorts. <laughs> what they got mean? Be careful who you say that to. They're telling guys your back door's open, you got shorts on. Make it easy over there, Panama Red. Guys just wanting a weather report. Not looking for a, your social calendar, weirdo. God, you got to never call you again. He got dizzy. Said to his wife, did you hear what David said to me? I asked him how it's going out there, and Dave said. What am I the other day, dude? I'm in Arizona, and I'm talking to our did team. Did you tell that guy the back door no, was open, dude? I, I did what this. are you doing? I'm talking to the team. I'm going, look, this is a team we need to take advantage of. We need to beat them, run, rule them. Get over. So I want you guys to get out there and pound those guys' asses. And Jesus. They, and I went, I just went, pause. And they just all looked at me and started laughing. <laughs> and I went, Sorry, all that sounded bad. Let's just go out there and play up to our ability. Yeah. Okay, that's better. Oh, my gosh. Sorry about that. Hey, Dan Williams has something going on right now that we tell you all the time. You need to call Dan because it's a really smart call, but he's going to help you out. Even if you don't make the call to Dan yet, go to YouTube Check out Borrow Smart Two Minute Tuesdays. And right now he has one up. If you go to YouTube, again, Borrow Smart Two Minute Tuesday, understanding your cost to debt. But you do want to make that call to Dan because Dan can help you be debt free, also help you buy your first home. 858 688 6813. 858 688 6813. God damn, I can't believe it. The title to my car finally showed up today. Thank God. Was it pink like they say? I've never seen a pink slip. Uh, I haven't opened it. I just got a thing that said it showed up in the mail. So it's so nice, 
And Dave, there's nothing better, man. There's nothing better than when you start scrolling through, uh, your car is paid off, your insurance is paid off. You go and you go, oh man, I feel like I put a beating on that credit card over the weekend. Let me take a look at that. And it's $78. And then you look down below and your credit card company reminds you that your credit score is over 800. And you go, that's it. As you get ready for the housing market to open up or buy a new car, or more importantly, just tuck money away because you have kids and you know that they're just waiting to spend your money on something. You got to go replace wrestling figures. Goddamn, we lost Arn Anderson. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. And uh, and the reason that I'm able to do that is following what Dan said. Borrow smart, repay smart. Dave told you they are there on Twitter, on YouTube as well. It's the Borrow Smart 2-Minute Tuesday. Check them out. Iron Man Dan W on Twitter, incredibly helpful for all of us as we get our finances in line. Absolutely. And don't forget, Kyle Fluger, you're looking to fix your website or build a brand new website. Kyle can help you out with your business. Very simple. We're talking to Kyle today, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. Email comes from Chris in Kansas, says, how much do I have to pay Fluger to be on retainer? So I don't get eight fucking emails every time Dave tries to upload a show. Look, Chris, mo- great question. Motherfuckers, dude. It's I was ready question. to go to bed and my phone just lights up like crazy. <laughs> did it's he not light pl- you up? Everybody did. It's not playing. I go, look, I'll go do it again. And then like three times I went through it. I'm like, I, I don't know why the fuck it's not playing. It was playing on my end fine. I could hear it. The uh, Dave and I had... It just the- kept spinning is what everybody told me. Yeah, like our head. <laughs> Just spinning, you watching asshole. this shit. I hate you guys. We hate you. Jesus. Did you not Christ. notice that? Fucking get the hint, bud. Damn it. I do the same thing every fucking show. Why does it not it, work? Because it's fucked up every time you do it. That's why it doesn't work. Hey, uh, let's run, sit over you, there. You run your side. mouth a lot. <laughs> Go ahead. What now? Uh, Fuck, so, Chris. I'm doing the best I can. So who was it today? Greg Bergman. Our buddy Greg Bergman at ESPN, because there's some dipshit that got some job in radio that looked exactly like Greg's older brother. Yeah. So I sent you guys, and then I realized it's like 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, shit. But I go, hey, uh, Greg. Greg's doing afternoons now. He's doing Scott's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I go, hey, Greg, congratulations on the new gig. So I send it over to him, and he starts a group text with me and Ballet, and it's just immediate gong show. And then uh, Fluger, I send this thing that uh, Chris in Kansas wanted to know. What the fuck's it take to get Dave shit squared away? And Flugs is trying to help, and Dave and I are just killing each other on this group text. And Dave said, <laughs> Dave sends me a separate text and goes, how quickly do people realize that they've made a huge mistake getting into a group text. And I'm like, they probably figure we just fucking hate each other. <laughs> but I'm sitting there at my desk, and every line I write, I know you're dying, and too. I'll fucking die laughing too. Fuck you, Pele, you asshole, you sack of shit. <laughs> Fuck you. I hope you get hit by a car. We're just dying. And you can always just see it. It happens with anybody who gets in a group text with us. Horton, Woods. Fluger, Woods. I said to Dave, you can just see immediately when they tap up. Yes. And we just and Dave and I just keep dying laughing. We don't care. So we apologize to Kyle Fluger, uh, Greg Berkman, and anybody else who makes a mistake of getting in a group text with us. And oh, by the way, if you need help with your website, uh, 
cow's really, really good. And he uh, might have weed. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Speaking of weed, didn't your boy Woods go to Joshua Tree part of his vacation? Um, is, is there anyone that ever goes to Joshua Tree not doing heavy drugs? Woods? Him and Bono? <laughs> just sitting there under the tree. What are those goddamn things called, right? He's just trying to go old school, like taking the... Remember the paper? What was that shit, Dave? Like, Remember the paper it would roll off and they were the tablets? Fucking eagles would take them all the time. I cannot remember that. Acid? The, what are you talking about? Acid's one of them. Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's that one, but then there's something else that the eagles always talk about when they would go out and and write certain albums and they'd get all fucking high out there in Joshua. Yes. Look at you. Look at you, you fucking drug addict. Of course you know that. What'd you say it is? Peyote. That's exactly it. Yeah. Nice. I've job. never taken it. Honestly, I saw it in uh, The Sopranos. I, I was yes. watching Sopranos. No, you nailed it. That's exactly what they always talked about going out and taking and hanging out under the trees and watching the stars, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I talked to him tonight for like 20 minutes. He didn't say he'd gone out there. Uh, he announced it on the radio. Said that he was headed out to Joshua Tree for one day. Ah, now we're just bullshitting and talking pods and everything. But I asked him. I go, hey, you done Did he wish with- me well? No, he, say, he goes, hey, need that fucker in the balls when you see him. <laughs> That doesn't sound like it's wishing me well at all. <laughs> he was not in no time for you at all. All right, here we go. Celebrity birthday is February 17th. It's really funny how some days are fucking nuts. Like, yeah. uh, like all these famous guys. February 17th is one of these days, all right? We're going to start off with Michael Jordan. Mm. I feel like I heard this today. I think he's 59. 58. God damn it. Uh, oh, dude. Right? He's got to be 1.3, dude. 1.6 billion dollars. Wow! I didn't. I was shocked he had that much money. And, and as my son pointed out, remember that's after the divorce. God, the man, dude. Yeah, holy shit, right? He's just the. That's just the the man, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. My son hates Ed Sheeran. Dude, everybody does. The funny thing I laughed at, I didn't realize it till after Jake passed. His bio on Twitter was Ed Sheeran fan club. Yes. <laughs> Jake never listened to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I think it's Ed Did Sheeran. He, he worked at, it worked at uh, Forever uh, 21. Forever 21. And president of the Ed Sheeran fan club. <laughs> I was like, what? Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that guy shit struck me so funny every time. Like, that's good writing. <laughs> uh, Ed Sheeran. I got to figure out how old he is. 34? 30, dude. I thought he was older, too. Ah, uh, goddamn. Uh I think this kid's worth some dough. I'm going to say $60 million. Not even close. $200 million. Damn. Yeah, how about that? Damn. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Great actress. I think she's... Mm, let's say she's 35. 40 years old. No way. Another one in the video. Surprisingly good in the sack. Very good. How'd she get that way? That's what Dice Clay always says. Dude, she comes from the Hilton family, plus yeah. her own thing. How cool would that be? Everywhere you travel, you have a place to stay. Yeah. Say $100 million. $300 million. Wow. Not okay. bad. Your guy, you mentioned him the other day, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That guy's funny, man. You know, it was brought up, would I beat him up? I like that dude. <laughs> I like that dude. He is funny as shit. I'm going to say 41. 
40 years old, pretty close. All right, uh, $25 million. $35 million. Good for him. Denise Richards, who people say is from San Diego. Oh, man. Hello. Uh, I think she's 46. 50. 50. Boy, Dave, every now and then you're kind of scanning, and she's on she on that Orange County or no, Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills show? Yeah, yeah. There are days where she looks really great, and then other days where you go, Denise, what's going on yeah, here, baby? Right. You need some help? She looks like Mr. Potato Head when you put the mouth on upside down. I don't like that. Sorry. I don't feel like that's fair. <laughs> uh, tw- $25 million? $12 million. Damn. $12 million. All right, Jim Brown. I got two more for you. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. I think Jim Brown's 80. 85. 85, wow. Uh, $20 million. $50 million. Good for him. I don't know how, but $50 million for Jim Brown. The last one here, never been a fan. Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Were you ever a fan? Um, Who's the other asshole? Oh, Who's the other guy that used to he did, he used to host, um, you think you're smarter than a sixth grader? Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, another guy. Not My enough. sons were talking about it tonight. Here's why I love Larry the Cable Guy. Okay. Um, talk to my son. I go, what are you doing? He goes, you know what? He goes, I just was kind of bored, and I fired in the original Toy Story. And he goes, man, I love that movie. And I said to him, I go, it's wild, because I would have never seen until... The, he goes, did you know that movie came out in 95? And I said, dude, for me, that movie came out in 2010. Yeah. Because when you turn three, that's when we found Nemo and Toy Story and Cars. Yeah. And Goddamn Larry the Cable Guy is so funny in Cars. So, Dave, I, I will say, I don't know enough. Like, I never watched, like, Blue Collar. That Ron White guy always cracked me up. Ron White. I don't know Ron White. I don't listen to blue collar comedy. I used to listen. No, to No, but channel. I'm saying like when they did Kings of Comedy okay. and then they did Blue Collar okay. Comedy. On Sirius, they have two a couple different comedy stations. So I'll flip back and forth. But who were the? Oh, it was Foxworthy. Oh, Bill Engvall. Yeah, was the other guy, Larry the Cable Guy and Ron White. Ron White was funny as shit. But um, all right, Larry the Cable Guy. I'm going to say is 55. 58. 58, and dude, I think he's worth money. I'm going to say $150 million. $100 million for wow. the cable guy. That's it. All right, here we go. Five random questions. We just talked about Rush. Who is your favorite radio personality of all time? Oh, man. Um, favorite radio personality of all time. That's hard. I mean, for guys that I knew, John Leslie, who was at KGB and KCLX, meant so much to me. Uh, John is just the fucking greatest. But from from a national level, I always loved uh, Art Bell. I always loved the old school Larry King. But the guy, Dave, that I, I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, Kevin Slow Jam and James. And Kevin originated The Quiet Storm and was on 92.5 and The Beat in L.A., and just absolutely was the man. And then people freaked out because when Kevin would come to live appearances, he was a middle-aged white guy. <laughs> and But he's so fucking yeah. cool. And so I had sent him, I told this story a couple of weeks ago. I sent him an email when he was at 92.5 and we're Facebook friends. And I said to him, man, I would work in Encinitas at night. And I would listen to The Quiet Storm. This was way before KSDO or anything ever happened. 
right? It was for the Sockers. And I just thought, that fucking guy is the coolest. And I said, here you are in San Diego. And I go, I just wanted you to know what a huge impact you've been on me. He goes, Jeff, come hang out. Come hang out. And I never took him you up did. on it. And uh, and Kevin's been in really poor health recently. Sure. And But he is just old school, quiet storm that you think of. And uh, incredibly gracious man and incredibly nice man and and he's he's fighting it a little bit so if yeah. you ever heard him on 92.5 or i think it's 90.3 or or i guess 90.3 would be z90 but dave what was the old school r&b station way at the left of the dial up in la he was he's part of that and he's just a great guy who's your guy it's howard stern oh stern's incredible stern's my guy stern's incredible i mean that's just that's just different level, yeah, though. I know, but yeah. Again, the question was favorite radio personality of all time. That's why yeah. I, it's Howard, Howard's the guy, and it's funny, man. It, it's so hard to get people to change out of their radio routine. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to high school in L.A. It was Rick D's one year. Then people yeah. said you got to listen to Mark and Brian. Yeah, and people said you got to listen to Stern, and, and I kept changing. And I was yeah. like, yeah, Stern was the guy I settled. Stern just and, and it's so weird how that show has evolved, right? Yeah. Like just even in the last five, ten years. Remember Reverend Bob Levy was on yeah. all the time and yeah. Artie was on and uh uh who's the clown? Yucko. Yucko. <laughs> and Yucko was great. Right? And they would have all these different guys that would come yeah. on. Yeah. And the show has really changed oh, it has again. A, it has evolved to what he wants to do. In his older age, this is what he wants to do. The interviews are outstanding. I when I was in Arizona, I was listening to the Jimmy Kimmel interview from like November. I listened to yeah. the George Clooney interview, which was yeah. outstanding. Yeah, the interview. The Vetter interview was, is yeah, so good. Paul McCartney fantastic. every time he's on is yeah. great. So those, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That's just different level. But I'm just I'm just uh, I'm talking about local, you know, guys yeah. that that when I when I would go in and we were saying this when Larry King passed away, I was so freaked out working that overnight shift nine to five a.m thinking I was going to fall asleep and just hearing that the voice guy from the mutual broadcasting system. This is the Larry King show. Hello from Washington, DC. It's the Larry King. And you were like, Whoa, this guy's the man. And you knew he was going to whatever. He'd always talk about going to like Duke's restaurant, DC. And you're like, he's fucking Angie Dickinson. You're like this son of a bitch, this little flat ass. He's getting it done. And then Jimbo Hannon would fill in, and I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. It's that old saying. You never get someone better than you to replace you because they, yeah. they aren't going to miss you. Did you listen to the Kimmel interview from November? Do you remember no, hearing that one? No, but I – He said – dude, he made me laugh. He said a couple things that, that cracked me up. I was thinking the whole time. I wonder if Jeff heard this. He was talking about Adam Carolla because everyone mm-hmm. knows Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel are good friends. And he goes, have you talked to Adam? And he goes, Adam's a fucking mess. He goes, Adam – doesn't believe in soap or shampoo anymore. Refuses what? to use either one. And he goes, Adam is so dirty. He goes, I'm not making this up. He's the guy that will take his toothbrush and throw it in the sink when he's done. And then we'll walk to that same sink and just pee around his toothbrush. <laughs> he, goes, he's, he goes, it's amazing how he has the worst case of pink eye of all time right now. Because he's the dirtiest pig on the planet. But dude, he was What the fuck happened to Corolla? He said he just got in his mind that shampoo and soap were a fucking con. 
When we were at Free FM, Corolla was the morning yeah. guy. He came on with us. All the time. He yeah. was fucking great. He was. He was one of my favorites. And I feel like Corolla came on with us at uh, 1090, too. He did. And all we did was talk Free FM. Yeah. Which we... I think pissed off Shep. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I don't know that he ever fucking remembered, but we yeah. just hyped the fact. He was so great. Yeah. He used to jump on and uh, was was the girl on that show, Teresa? I feel like I she came remember. on our show yeah, too. Yeah, I don't remember. Damn, dude, numbers. I like Adam. Yeah. I that's like I don't know. I mean, those guys are so tight. It'd be like me saying shit about you. Yeah. You don't know if they're telling the truth or <laughs> fucking around. But dude, Adam was the man. All right, here we go. I got a couple. Would you rather's? Okay. Would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Well, I know most of you would be like lose the ability <laughs> to speak. Um, lose the ability to read. Yeah, me too. But then I was thinking about this. If you couldn't read, everyone would think you're the biggest idiot on the planet. <laughs> think how bad your directions would be. You couldn't figure out where to go anywhere. I'd have you to couldn't read one street sign. I know. I'd be sitting here. Like, we're watching the Warriors game. It's Hotels.com. And everything would just look like it's printed in Farseed. What the fuck does that say? <laughs> you never know who's winning a game. Who's winning? Who has the score? <laughs> Can you imagine that shit? How crazy would that be? But if if you can read, and Jimmy Butler makes a hell of a play like he just did, you're like, all you can do is they're like, yeah. we got it. <laughs> Be like you in the back seat of that car with Horton, <laughs> just pointing. <laughs> you're yelling at Horton that he was going the wrong direction. <laughs> all right, here we go. Would you rather always be ten minutes late or twenty minutes early? Ah, uh, twenty minutes early, dude. I'm with you. Nothing's more yeah. offensive than people thinking their time's more important than your time. Yeah. I hate when I'm late, and I and I it seemed like once I had kids, I started being late. Yeah, and I hate it. My wife is late to things, and then of course we're with each other, and it it's embarrassing because yeah. you're going. Someone planned dinner, or somebody who's waiting at that restaurant or whatever, and you're going, "Fuck, man." Yeah, let's go. Well, let's figure it out. It, it's so it's so offensive to me. I have one really close friend, man, who is never late. I always admire that they're never late. Um, all right, what do you? Uh, all right, would you rather have one? Real get out of jail free card or a key that opens every door in the world? Oh, uh, well, that's funny. I I don't know that I need every door open. You don't, because when you walk in, you, people would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I got this key. <laughs> I got to use it. Um <laughs> Like you would like the ability to fuck off one time and not be in trouble for it, right? Well, I mean, but you got to define that. Like, are you actually saying I go to jail? Well, yes. Let's say you decided to do peyote in the desert (laughs) and there was a cop there. I don't think that's illegal, but I don't know, man. That that whole thing, I, I guess I'd take the key. What are you taking? I'm taking the the fuck off card one time. I'm I'm bound to do something dumb. You know, there are dumb things I've done already where I sit there and go, man, if I could go back in time and fucking fix that, you know, and you sit there and say, I wish I got a second chance. A mulligan kind of a deal. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, there's. Like I was was driving back the other day. I drove by a cop going 90. And I saw him. As soon as I saw it, I said, fuck me, man. I was talking on the phone to Josh. I go, I'm about to get pulled over right now going 90. Yeah. And he didn't. For some reason, he didn't come after me. But I was just like, son of a bitch. Dude, that, right? Yeah. And that happens for all of us all the time where you're driving and 
you go, oh boy, right? I was the only car on the road. I mean, it was oh, obvious. It was damn. me. <laughs> it wasn't like I could blame it on anyone else or I was going the speed of traffic. And they're the guys that have done it, like the, the science research, right? Where they go, well, going 75 versus 90, it gets you there. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know what the math minutes, is. It's nothing. It's yeah, not, it's, it's not, not a big it. deal. Not worth the 300 or yeah. $400 ticket, right? No. no, the one thing is, Dave, like I've never, I mean, we've all done it at some point. I shouldn't say never. That's crazy. Um, but thankfully, I haven't done it in 20 plus years, if not more. God, be closer to 30 years, I would think. Where you've never got behind the wheel where you go, okay, this is a huge mistake, yeah. right? And I think if people are honest, you go, oh, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that where there would be, if if I had gotten pulled over, that would have been a really, really bad night. And that's the kind of thing that you really regret. I regret that. and But I, I live where you just go, no, man, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I don't really drink. Well, you and I did, I remember a DUI show um, at Free FM, like in 2007. Oh, shit. Remember that? I, I was amazed not only how many people had DUIs, how many people had multiple DUIs who were calling us. And I was going, yeah. holy shit. And then you realize it's like 25 grand and everything that goes into it. And What were we like, drinking on the air? Oh, we got paid to drink whatever they were advertising. The worst one we ever did were those goddamn like lime Budweiser's or Michelob's. I or think that was that same day because they had a we limo. We had tequila too. No, we, we did one every three weeks. We had a drunk show. Remember, at Free FM, at Free right? Free FM. They kept sending a limo to your house and then to my house. And yeah. Then, it was. They knew it was an advertiser. It was a tequila company wants to advertise. Guys, you're going to drink for three hours while you do this show and talk about how great the tequila is. Which it was. Yeah. <laughs> One of those shows, I walked into my house and my kid was outside and I shut the door and locked it. He's yeah. On, he's on the other side. I yeah. passed out on the other side yeah. of the door. He's banging on it like fucking Fred Flintstone. I'm completely out cold. So they're like 10 at that time. Uh, Jake was like eight years old. Nine years old, eight probably yeah. at the time. Yeah. And he's yeah. fucking banging on the door and I'm out cold. Man, my ex was pregnant. <laughs> she was pregnant at that time with twins. Yeah. And they would they would drive me home and I I'd remember be, the show started at ten in the morning. Ten we're, in the morning. We were drinking our asses off at ten in the morning. And the limo would pick us up at like eight and they drive me back. We lived at Adagio, which is right by uh Lake Murray. And so they'd live in Adagio, and Adagio had a gate. And I could never remember the fucking code. <laughs> and the, so I would tell the guy driving the limo, like pulling out, it's like, hey, it's one, two, three, four. And the guy's like, okay. And I'm like, no, when we do this again in four hours, I'm not going to have any idea. It's one, two, three, four. And then we get it back, and the guy's like, what's the code? Fuck if I know. <laughs> and my poor ex... Just uh, <laughs> pregnant with twins. And, and I, you're done till the next day. Yeah. Like, she, I think she had already, like, she'd kill me if she heard this. But I think she'd already passed the bar. Yeah. I Like, I like she will quiz me. Tomorrow night we'll do a movie night with my kids. And she'll routinely quiz me about shit that happened in the timeline in our relationship. I think I can remember when she passed the bar. I think it was 2004. God, you, yeah, I think so, too. You know too. why I say that? Because you and I were in Vegas at, for another station. Remember? you? Flew, oh, yeah, so you, she would have passed in 05. Yeah, you, okay, you flew her out yep. to Vegas, and yeah. then we drove back to San Diego, and right. we were talking about it. Um, I will say, Dave, honestly, in my life, 
on that day, anybody who's an attorney or married to an attorney, you remember that day. You remember when you took it and you have to log into a website. And she was wound so tight and family was going crazy, the whole thing. She wanted to get away. So I got us a room at the Sheraton and Hotel Circle. Right when you drive out the 8, we're there at the Sheraton. We're up on like the 10th floor. And uh, we get this room. And the problem was like she had, she logged in, right? You log in at like 2 o'clock, whatever. And then because shit was going crazy, she went out. So we go to the Sheraton. Well, she's logged out, and now she's trying to log back in. She can't get back in. And she's frustrated and everything else. But I will swear uh, forever, and I've said this to my sons, one of the coolest days in my life was that day because she goes, hey, I'm in. And she doesn't realize this, but she started to smile before she got the results because I was watching her. And she started to smile, and then she yelled, oh, my God, I passed. Wow. And I go, you were smiling. And she's like, what? And I said, you were smiling for like five seconds like you knew. But to be there with somebody that you love that much on that day, and it was only me and her, fuck, that was the coolest. So That is awesome. Yeah. To be there, I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about. But, but yeah, for, for that day, her passing the bar, it was cool. But she'll talk about things in the timeline of our relationship and she'll be like, Hey Jack, watch this with your dad. Oh, fuck. How long had we been engaged when we actually got married? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> I know this one. We'd been engaged for three months. Final answer. Wrong. 18 months. Fuck. I knew that one. <laughs> All the time. Where were, what year did I pass the bar? I know this one. Boom. Final answer. 2007. We're at Free FM. Wrong. I've been practicing law and paying all your bills while you were drunk and passed out. <laughs> Shit. Thought I knew this one. How old were you when I said, stop sending me pictures on your drunken phone? Uh, that was a week ago. Correct. All right. Uh, hey, Costa in here next week. On the 24th. He'll be in. All right, listen, everybody, stay safe. Celebrate Fernando Tatis Jr. Do not send unsolicited pictures unless you're all sending them to Vera. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the hell is going on? That would make her day. Is that a sock puppet? What is that? And there's five of them. Hi, everybody. Dude, she would send me a text, an email. I yeah. thought you were going to say she sent you no, a picture. No, she doesn't have my phone number. She sends me emails almost every day. And she'll send me an email, I guarantee you. David, do you know what's going on? People keep sending me pictures of mushrooms. And I'd be like, fuck, fair. <laughs> People keep sending me the Leaning Tower pizza. What's the matter? Oh, that's terrible. All right, we'll see you next All week. Right. It's not.
Soul.